on the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Catholic. So good to be back with my good friend, Mike Walsh. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Carrie. How are you? I'm doing great, actually. Feels Great? Like a, yeah, great. Wow. Is that grammatically correct? I, I, was no, I, I hope you're doing great. Well, good, great. No, nah, good you great. can't say, right? Great's a superlative. All You're right, doing good. fine. <laughs> the uh, no, that's that's wonderful. I I too am uh, doing well today. The um, it was a crazy weekend in the diocese mm-hmm. of Camden for particularly for me, but for actually crazy quite, in a good way though. Yes, all, yes, ultimately crazy in a good way. But uh, we were live streaming two events: one, the diaconate ordination, which we're going to talk about with some of our newly minted permanent deacons, mm-hmm. and then uh, we also had the diocesan Hispanic celebration um, this right. past yeah, weekend. That's great. And for me, I mean, you've Probably, we've talked about live streaming a lot on this podcast, but it was the first time the the diaconate celebration was the, or the um, the uh, diocesan Hispanic celebration was the first time we didn't have our normal photographer there, our videographer. So myself and our beloved co-host Mary McCusker mm-hmm. had to do it all by ourselves nice. for the first time we ever did, and we did it with uh, rented equipment because he had to take his equipment with him too. So um, I will I will say that as a as a perfectionist like myself, I was very stressed out, but. It was a beautiful time, and Kudos it worked out well. Kudos to you. You made Thank it you. through. Thank you very much. So, uh, so no, it was, a, it was a great weekend in the Diocese of Camden on, on multi uh, fronts, and it was great that we were actually able to have these, the limited, uh, in person as well. Yeah, you know? it's so nice. I know. You know, we're going to get into the diaconate ordination, you know, really with our guest today, but uh, I got to watch it. Usually, I would be there. I like to be there. I was going to pull my, you know, cart you're you know, talking Trump, Catholic card. You're talking Catholic card. <laughs> say, give me a seat. I know it's limited. But uh, I had a prior engagement as well with a family. So the whole way to North Jersey, I was watching the live stream of it, and it, it looked beautiful. So it was. I did not get to watch Sunday's live stream because I was live streaming First Masses, which we'll talk about <laughs> as well. Yes. Uh, but uh, it was it was really beautiful one for those that did get to watch either event. You know, the diocese does a great job with the live streams, and yep. it's been uh, a blessing during these times for the limited capacity. That if you and, if, and of course, in when the diocese, we keep those things up uh, as recorded episodes, so people can go to all of the diocesan uh, diocese of Camden uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter accounts, and find. Uh, find exactly what we're talking about today, particularly with the diaconate ordination. And I'll just say before we introduce our guests that the, mm-hmm. the diac- this diaconate ordination was particularly impressive for me uh, because it, we ordained 12 men. Yes. That, I mean, it was just it's so... like the 12 apostles. That's all I kept thinking. That, exactly. <laughs> it's like, and just seeing them lined up across mm-hmm. the, the, the front of the, of the church was just... It was... It was so heartening, yes. you know. It really yeah. made me very happy. And as you know, I'm very rarely happy. Do you? Well, I do know that. <laughs> was was that the largest ordained class? Do you know? Or to the best of my knowledge, yeah, it is. Yeah, at least in, in many years. But well, yeah, maybe one of the early classes was yeah. larger. But nice. All right. So you guys made history. Here I, I today. think so. That's in certainly. It actually reminded me, it was so wonderful that it reminded me of what it must have been like. You know, we know that there's a, a pre-sortage going on right now, and our seminary classes are not as large as they used to be. Mm-hmm. But I've, I've seen a lot of the historical photos, sure, and yeah. it would be so many men being yeah. ordained. It reminded me of that. So, And maybe a, for a little uh, foreshadowing of what's to come. Maybe there's going to be days where we go back to those large ordinations. I, I hope so. I've, yeah. I think I've the, large, the largest one I'll, I'll be a part of is upcoming. Coming this year, where we'll, God willing, uh, ordain three priests, That's and right. um, I'm really looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, enough of us. 
Whom do we have with us today, Carrie? We have with us some of these those 12 men that we just talked about that were newly ordained this past Saturday from the ordination class. So I'm going to let them each introduce themselves. There's three of these new deacons with us. Okay. Um, Deacon Joseph Ginoka from Our Lady of Peace Parish. Deacon Charlie Dillon from Our Lady of Peace Parish. And Deacon Toby from St. Peter and Paul Parish. All right, nice. Yeah. Well, you, well, you know what parish I'm from. Yeah, Our Lady of Peace Parish. <laughs> so I pulled two of my guys because easy, easy, easily accessible to be able to just text them and say, hey, you want to come do this? And, of course, Toby and I go back, knew them actually before the my two parishioners knew Toby. Uh, prior to that, from my youth ministry days at St. Bridget's, we hooked up. And you were doing youth ministry at St. Peter and Paul at the time. I was for uh, about three or four years there, yeah. yes. Yeah, so great great to reconnect with you, Toby, and congratulations to all, all of the men here on your ordination. We're going to talk a lot about how that was for you and, and your journey through uh, this diaconate program. So Mike's always good about going back to where he wants to start. I always try to start. <laughs> and I'm like, how was the ordination? No, let's go back. So I'm going to let Mike uh, take us back to where our good starting point will well, be. Well, you know, when we talk about, when we, when we talk about uh, the recently ordained, and we've had a couple people, we've been blessed actually to have quite a few, uh, talk to f- quite a few people the day after their ordinations mm-hmm. or, the, or, the, or after the weekend of their ordinations. Um, so one of the things that, you know, I do want to talk to each of you about, maybe, maybe we'll start with Toby, um, you know, the diaconate, I think a lot of people just, a lot of people have some confusion about what the diaconate is. So Toby, you know, in, from your perspective, you know, the actual, the actual order, what, like, how do you describe it to people? Well, I, I would just simply describe it as as a servant. I mean, I am there to serve. Yeah. Um, visually, the easiest place you're going to see me serve is at the masses. However, um, that's not where a majority of our work will be done. Our mm-hmm. work is going to be done uh, out with the people. You know, Jesus said, "Get the smell of the sheep on you," and that's that's what we plan on doing. Yeah. yeah. The uh, well, since we started with you, what was what brought you? to the diaconate to, to consider uh, this 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 the path. calling yeah. actually it goes back to my youth ministry days really? um my oldest daughter who's now 22 when she was in ccd class would come home with questions and i would say i don't know your mom's a cradle catholic go go ask her <laughs> and i i had gone through rcia and finally my wife called me out and said you know uh that's your job to answer those questions as much as it is mine. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, well, I better start studying and learning. And I got involved with Vacation Bible School and I joined uh, a Bible study group. And at both of those places, uh, I had people come up to me and say, you ever consider the diaconate? You'd be really good. And I would Mm -hmm. laugh and be like, you you got the wrong person. (laughs) Um, But as things went on, uh, I took advantage of uh, the education that they offered through the diocese. I was able to go on and get a master's degree in theology from Georgian Mm, Court, uh, in part because of the diocese while I was doing the youth ministry stuff. And, uh, you know, people just continued to approach me in very subtle ways uh, and appreciate what I was doing and uh, tell me to continue that journey. And uh, when I was uh, going to the Georgian Court classes, I was blessed to have two deacons in those classes with me. And I just I picked their brains and, and asked them a lot of questions. And uh, Jim Hogan was one of them. Mm-hmm. And he had told me, um, 
you know, you're a police officer. Why don't you, you know, wait till you retire and then go into the diaconate stuff? Because it's, it's a lot of work. And I thought about what he had said and, uh, God was, was pulling me and saying, no, I, I want you now to do this. So I started the process and thanks be to God. It, it all worked out. That's wonderful. You know, it's funny. It, <clears throat> we, but this, this ordination class in general, but I've noticed it's, uh, it's something that, that I've met a, a number of deacons over my time in the diocese now where I've noticed, uh, there seems to be a connection between the police force and deacons. Mm-hmm. And it seems an, an unusual, unusually high number of policemen who seem, who seem very called to this, this line of service. And I, I always wondered, if, is that sort of married together a little bit? I, I, in my opinion, I think so. I think it is service-oriented. So mm-hmm. police officers are, are service-oriented. Several of my classmates and other deacons I've met over the years uh, are, are teachers and ed- educators, which are, are servants of, of the community uh have military backgrounds mm-hmm. and that they're servants of the community as well mm-hmm. so yeah it makes a lot of sense yeah that does make sense yeah so since we got to hear from toby i would love to hear each mm-hmm. man's Absolutely. Let's go down the journey yeah so let's hear from deacon charlie sure well um i guess the first time that i i was approached about being a deacon was probably close to 35 maybe 40 years ago i'm, I'm the oldest one in our group to be ordained um, and I was approached by several people that I worked with I worked for the Postal Service I spent five years in the Air Force talking about military service, service yeah. and, and then 30 years with the Postal Service also a service Sorry. organization mm-hmm. and I worked in several different areas all of them of course dealing with different types of service sometimes when I first started out as a carrier you know you're, you're meeting the people on the street every day delivering their mail then I worked up in the management on the operations side, and then I worked in human resources. And again, meeting people at different points in their lives, hiring them for jobs, and also doing retirement counseling for you know those who were at retirement age. And then the last few years I worked in finance, mm-hmm. you know, which also then was a service to the post offices. I was there to answer their questions about their finances and all. So, I think you're onto something as far as the service connection, whether it's police or those that work in a service industry. Um, I retired in um, beginning of 2009, um, and at that time, you know, was more involved here in the parish. I mean, for many years, of course, this has been really my home parish since I be- became Catholic, which was a week before Marion and I were were married. Um, and this has been my parish ever since then. But, you know, initially we weren't too involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at that point, you know, by the time I retired, I had a lot more time on my hands. Like I said, the first time I was approached about it was when I was working in postal service. And we had young kids. And I said, ah, I don't have time, you know. Mm-hmm. But looking back on it, I could have made the time because I was going to night school. You know, but that would have been a conflict. I would have had to give up the night school, you know, to at least the way the program is uh, established now with classes on Tuesday and Thursday evenings. Um, that would have conflicted with, you know, my night school. But anyway, they, you know, the call just kept coming. You know, people kept approaching me. I think you'd make a good deacon. 
And even, like I said, even in retirement. And I had some people here in the parish that kept pushing me. And um, then I had, you know, a couple instances where I had some uh, revelations, if you will, dreams, you know, things that happened, uh, experiences with some of the deacons here and other deacons throughout the diocese that I met. Uh, Deacon Chris Nichols was instrumental. Um, he's one of them. Uh, you know, that influenced me a lot, along with uh, our deacons here in our parish. They're all phenomenal, you know. Um, and so I finally said yes, you know. Mm. Like I said, later on, most, you know, than most of the other guys in the class. Yeah. But it's God's uh, perfect timing for you. Well, exactly, yeah, you know, he calls, he calls us all and he keeps calling us until he gets us. Mm -hmm. you know? That is very Beautiful. true. Beautiful. Thanks, Charlie. And then we're going to have uh, Joe's story. Okay. Well, Joe is neither in a service industry, <laughs> nor did anybody ever say to Joe, I think you'd be a good deacon. There's always one, you know, oddball. Yeah, there's the always one way. oddball out there. Right now, I worked uh, my entire career pretty much in the uh, utility industry, which is somewhat of a service mm -hmm. industry. And I kind of entered it with the idea that I just thought it would be um, entered the utility business because I just thought, okay, this is. This is a, a an industry where you know we're providing a vital service, and I just thought it'd be interesting and neat to be a part of that. So maybe there is a, a small connection, but nobody ever told me I make a good deacon, except for one guy who basically answered his call, and he thinks I'm going to be a good deacon. So you know, and that's Jesus Himself, right? So here I am. Um, I can't pinpoint any particular. Um, instance where like a light bulb went off in my head or the you know the the saint paul lightning bulb knocking me off my horse mm -hmm. but it was just a lot of you know little things here and there that 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 were um that were coming around i mean i think like charlie maybe not 35 40 years ago but maybe about 10 15 years ago i uh, especially when i had first uh, moved uh, to uh, Sicklerville and started going to uh, St. John Newman Parish. It was that was at the time, and I saw that was the first time I had really ever seen deacons. Uh, I grew up in North Jersey, um, you know, in a traditional um, Polish Roman Catholic parish, and all there were were you know it was just priests. So I saw these guys, and I thought, well, that looks kind of interesting. I think I can, I think I could do that. I think that be something where I would. I, I would be successful at. So I kind of had that in the back of my head. And then it just sort of, it lingered there. And, mm -hmm. and it never really, uh, you know, and then really act on it. Um, but it never really went away either. So I did a little bit of my own research about it. Um, about eight years ago now, I started um, helping my daughter out with um, CCD. And I literally mm -hmm. mean that. She was the teacher. I was the the classroom aid, and then, then I was promoted to hall monitor. And <laughs> I remember seeing you here. You did a great job monitoring the halls, by I the way. I monitored the halls with uh, a deacon, Al LaMonica. <laughs> and I got to know Al, and I got to see what he was doing. He was uh, heading up CCD at the time. And and it once again, it started a little, you know, I won't say a bug in the air, but it just it started a fire inside. And it's like, okay, I see what Al's doing. This is... I could do this too. This looks like a really uh, wonderful thing to be part of. So, I, you know, over a course of several months, I, I, I you know, discerning it, discerning, going over it. And I said, one day I said, um, you know, the one Sunday I said that, 
you know, the week before, I said, I'm going to go talk to Al and I'm going to ask him, how do you get in, you know, how do you get into the program? Well, lo and behold, before I even got to CCD that day, there was a little advertisement in the bulletin. Mm. Are you interested in being a D? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. And so I'm like, okay, well, there's there's something going on there for sure. Um, and so it was a, uh, you know, they had the, the orientation night or the introduction night. Was that night. here? At it Arlie was here. Beast. It was actually I, in this room. We, we were this, here too. My husband same. Phil yes. came to it. Yes, yep. you're right. And he came right. And, Phil was here. And he falls into the category of, ah, oh, we have young kids. Exactly. I'm going to wait till I'm retired. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's like, we need young deacons yeah. though. And he's, it is difficult. You know, we have a two and a half year old right now. But I think yesterday seeing both of your masses, uh, Okay. Continued Good. a little spark uh, for him, go. but uh, back to you, Joe. I remember that <laughs> night, though. I remember being here with Annette and you and, and together. I, uh, I I walked through the door back there that nobody can see, but we all can see it. <laughs> and I'm I was greeted by Deacon Jim Holman, who I I knew but really didn't you know you know know all that well. I mean, I know him a lot better now. Jim's his face lit up. He put, you know, the Jim Holman smile, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, I am so glad you came." Aww. I'm like, "Okay, all right," and that, and that was kind of it. That was all I needed to hear, um, you know, because that was the closest thing that anybody ever said. Hey, Joe, I think you make a good deacon. It was mm-hmm. like, "I'm glad you came," mm-hmm. uh, and boy, am I I'm glad I came and I stayed and went through the process uh, because it has been to say it's life changing is just like. A significant understatement, um, and I think I speak for all my brothers here, and then the ones that are the other nine guys that lined up. I think you know we are certainly not the same men uh, that we were when we started. I would agree with that. I would absolutely agree with that. You know, I'm, I'm, you you just alluded to something I, I like to ask about the process. Now, I too was approached once about becoming a deacon and gave it some serious thought. And then I I'm met impressed a bunch, with you, Mike. I, oh, no, I did. And then I met a bunch of deacons, that. and then I started to work for the diocese, and I see what the deacons really have to do. And I was like, that's too hard. I'm not doing that. Forget <laughs> it. The, uh, At the, least you thought about it. But I, I, gave, I gave Maybe it to, prayed about it a little bit. I, I definitely thought about it. I probably prayed about it. But, yeah, but I talked to a lot of people about mm-hmm. it. And it, there is some truth that it's, you know, you really do need the calling, and it, and it isn't mm-hmm. for everybody. But, sure. but let's talk about the process a little bit, because it's one of the things that, I'll be honest, kind of scared me off at the very beginning is it is, it is a laborious process yes it's, it's no small thing it's not you don't roll up and and six months you're a deacon it's a six plus almost, year almost, process almost five and a half years yeah, for five us, and a half yeah. for you guys yeah. okay and they're well, looking to try to trim it down but it, well, i don't I, know how it so. does feel onerous sometimes until i realize just what's what's required to be a deacon you mm-hmm. suddenly realize well this actually kind of makes sense so mm-hmm. deacon charlie can, can you talk a little bit about what that process was as someone who certainly sh- was shaking your head and going, boy was it tough you know? <laughs> as I, I previously mentioned I, i'm i was the oldest one of the group yeah and for me to hear as we're going through the um uh, the aspirancy phase, which is the first six months, you know, where they kind of give you a taste of everything that you're going to get into. The first thing that I dreaded was, I got to do papers. Oh. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I haven't done a, I had to write a paper. I mean, I had done some briefs mm-hmm. over the years with the Postal Service, but it's not the same thing as writing a reflection paper or even a research paper, which I hadn't mm-hmm. done for. 40 years yeah. and that was 
for me was the scariest thing. I'm thinking, I, I can't do this. You know? mm. But then I got got to thinking about it, and I thought, I, I think yeah, I, I still feel that calling. And I thought about, well, how did you get through night school? Yeah. And, you know, I thought, okay, I can still use some of those same tools. They've been updated. Because I, I, I used to ask my professors, is it okay if I record, you know, your classes, you know, to help me out with notes and all? And they all were very gracious in saying, yeah, sure. So I asked the same question for the diaconate. And again, they all said, yeah, sure, no problem. And as it turned out, it was a great gift to be able to do that mm -hmm. because – and Toby has even you know, mentioned it to me several times afterwards that even Joe, we, we had a, a website that I would share those recordings with people who couldn't make the classes. Yeah. And it would help them you know, with their notes and all. And I thought, but like you said, you talk about the process and scary. It was really scary for me. And especially then, one of the first classes we had was with Deacon Joe Siemens. Mm -hmm. He brought me into you know, the, the 21st century really quickly with the <laughs> way he wanted his class to be run. Yeah. We had lectures, and then we had to um, – write some sentences or you know reflections if you will quick just quick things observations about what happened you know during that lecture and then we all had to critique each other each week we had to give some kind of feedback and again you know using updated technology but it was great and again i saved every one of those you know i still have them i still have them and because I thought early on, I said, you know, there might be material here that we need for homilies mm -hmm. in the future. Smart. Very smart. But, you know, but again, at the very beginning, I'm like, ah, I don't. I could see that I'm being not, overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, talk about sweating, you know, and needing to pray and discern whether or not it's. The, the work it's, has a lot to do with it. People, It's not yeah. just am I spiritually called, am I mentally called, am I, right. am I prepared? I obviously have proven repeatedly that I'm not. Uh, <laughs> Deacon, Deacon Toby. Um, so, you know, can you, so how is the, the actual formation process sort of broken up? Like, what do you, like, what are those first, what's year one, year two, year three, year four, or five? Well, they tried to break it down and make it very similar to an academic program. We had the first six months of experience, which was basically a reflection period and a brief overview of what the uh, academics were going to be. And the other part of that, which I don't think anybody touched on, was we had to go through a lot of background checks. Mm -hmm. We had to go through a ton of psychological exams, mm -hmm. more so than I needed to, to get into the police academy. Mm -hmm. wow. And we needed to pass all those as well. And then it was... Uh, you know, basically, again, very academic uh, calendar. We had one class on Tuesdays and one on Thursdays, and it went for 14 to 16 weeks. And then we'd have a, a brief break, and we'd go back and do the same thing uh, all over again. And we had, you know, public speaking. We had Old Testament. We had New Testament. We had uh, homiletics one and two, uh, a lot of different Christology, a lot of different uh, very relevant topics. Mm -hmm. And to touch on what what you were saying is um, the, the academics were, were kind of intimidating. Uh, I mean, I kind of knew I was interested in becoming a deacon. So 
when I had the opportunity to go back to school through the diocese, I thought that was going to be a nice kind of warm up for me. And it was, but it was still challenging. And, you know, like, like Deacon Charlie was saying, those recordings were lifesavers. The conversations that we had, the brotherhood and bonds that we formed were lifesavers. I don't think I, I personally couldn't have gotten through the program uh, without that. It was, it was challenging. Mm-hmm. I still had small kids. I do rotating shift work. I'm on, at the time I was going through, uh, points in my career where I was on, on call for work. And uh, so there were times where I, I couldn't be at class and, you know, would not have made it through if it wasn't for my other uh, brothers in the class. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Did they, with, you know, with knowing some, most of the men that are in it are probably working, you know, regular jobs and having, because the diaconist, you don't get paid for it, right? It's just like total service, oh, yes. right? So this is your, you still have a lot of you men have their full-time job and families. How, how much leniency is there, leeway is there with, you know, the schedule flexibility? I mean, could you be dipping out of class here and there, or is it you're expected to be there pretty much 100% of the time? How does that work? I mean, I, 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 there was a lot less flexibility than I thought there would be. Okay. I think uh, from the outset, I mean, they weren't, it wasn't ridiculous, but from the outset, you, you got the message like this, you, you made this commitment. Mm-hmm. And there's some there, you have there's some high expectations of you, and um, you know we'll work with you when you know when it's absolutely necessary. But you know you can't be just deciding that well you know man, you know five Tuesdays out of six I I can't make it because mm-hmm. this that or the other thing. Um, and while we were I think we were all blessed in that, I don't think anybody in our class <clears throat> excuse me where it ever came to that for anybody. I think we all, I said, we all knew. We all knew we had to kind of toe the line, and and mm-hmm. it really had to be something extraordinary for you not to to be a class. And it was two nights and a weekend. Two nights and one weekend, one Saturday uh, a, a month. Mm-hmm. Right. Two nights a week, and then one Saturday yeah, a month. A month. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. with that, what role did your wives play in? In that, because I I believe like talking to Charlie, your wife Marin, I know she would say sometimes, "Oh, I'm going to class with Charlie." Mm-hmm. How how because as a as a woman, it's always nice to hear how you support uh, your your husbands in their endeavors, and I always found that very interesting that she would be going with you in in a very supportive, beautiful way. Well, she um she loved going to the classes. The wives are encouraged, you know, to come to the classes if they can. All of them, the Tuesdays, Thursdays, they, Saturdays, yep, mm-hmm. whatever they and whatever they're available to come come to and Marion really enjoyed it and she says because she says I learned things there that maybe I learned in Catholic school but I have forgotten she said it kind of renewed her her catech, uh, catechetical teaching and, and, and all she says you really got a lot out of it really enjoyed every one of the classes that she was able to attend um, and she was able to attend more early on in the process than towards the end because now we're involved a lot with, you know, watching our, our uh, grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And uh, they can be a handful and they can, <laughs> you know, they can wear you out during the day. Uh, but she enjoyed the process, you know, wholeheartedly would participate. They're, in, they're encouraged to participate in the classes as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, so you know, like in, answer in the discussion, and all. Absolutely. That's ask really questions, great. you know, um, maybe oh. answer questions all if they want. Of course, they didn't have to write any of the papers or <laughs> take any of the tests, you know, that we did. But they didn't get ordained either, so. Uh, exactly. But 
The, um, but that's nice. That that support is really nice yeah. to see. And and kind of required as well, right? I mean, you need to have your wife's uh, permission and and encouragement to do this. Absolutely. I mean, oh yes. Yes. yes, they need yeah. to write several letters on our behalf, yeah. making yeah. sure that it was. We did actually that have it was okay. um, one of the deacons' wife who she participated in every class because she was working towards uh, her catechetical certificate from the diocese. So she was there for every academic class, mm-hmm. you know, with her husband. That was Michelle Dooley, mm-hmm. uh, Deacon Bob Dooley's wife. Uh, you know, so it was very nice, you know, to, for her to be there. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to know, is there, it, did you start with the 12 and end with the 12, or were there some men that discerned out along the way? We had, um, we initially started, I think, with 13. With 13. Right. With our group? With, with our, our group. group. Yeah. Yes. That sounds right. That sounds and right. Then and we lost three. Three. We lost one guy right in aspirancy. Yes. Yeah. And Anthony. Yeah. And then you picked up some. And then we, we, then mm-hmm. we picked up, the. there was a class behind us that had started, I believe, right. started with five or yeah. six guys. And they were guys. two years, I believe, behind us. They were two years behind us. And... Um, then during that period of time, two of those guys, two of those guys dropped out. So now they had a class of three, which was just not, you know, it's it not wasn't, conducive. It to wasn't. It was untenable class. to kind of keep that going. So they were given the opportunity to join our class. Otherwise, they would have had to wait, waited for the next formation class, which thank God they didn't because that class hasn't quite started yet. So they came on board with us. Um, so we were, at that point, we were down at 10. We got those guys, so we were back up to 13. Um, those guys, you know, with the, uh, you know, with the academics that we had to go through, they had even another step further because they had to catch up for two years. Mm-hmm. So they were going over the summer as well. Oh, wow. So they were doing like a trimester kind of a, mm-hmm. of an approach. But uh, they caught up with us. And then um, we had one guy who uh, wasn't able to get ordained just yet with the class. That's how we were down to 12. And um, so, you know, we, I think as classes go, we've been probably one of the um, most... Um, Steady, if you will. I mean, we had we have you know we're pretty much the same core group of guys mm-hmm. uh, for the whole thing, which was a, a lot. Uh, you talked to the classes before us, and a lot of them are, you know, really surprised that. Uh, oh, that's great that we to made hear. That far, yeah. but yeah, we did. Yeah, I was, so. I was curious when I heard the number two. I was like, wow, did they start off with like fifteen or? But yeah. that makes sense how the classes combined and merged mm-hmm. along the way. The, uh, and you met at the your 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 academic work was done at the um, diaconate center in Vineland. Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. Initially, we started off in um, Paulsboro, mm-hmm. and we were meeting on Saturdays for our uh, aspirancy period for the first six months. And then at that point, they had acquired uh, the diaconate center in Vineland. You know, and then that's when we moved, and mm-hmm. they changed the format to the Tuesday Thursday and one Saturday a month. Before that, it was every Saturday. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was, when I looked into it, it was uh, every Saturday, and, and I will admit that that did scare me off that a little bit. That is intimidating. But, but, you know, we've talked about that, about the intimidation, but the truth of the matter is, when you consider the, the importance of the, the deacon in the modern Catholic Church, and everything that they need to know about, you know, you're not only you have you have to understand the, the liturgy of the word, you have to understand the liturgy of the Eucharist, and then you have to understand all the service opportunities. Um, 
So at this point, now that you've been ordained, have you received assignments? Like, do you know what you'll be doing in your diaconate life yet, or are you still still waiting to hear? Within our own, within our parishes where we are right now, yeah. I mean, well, I know I have got one for. I'm doing a um, a committal for a funeral this Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'm doing. And, I, I'm and part doing the vigil the, service for that same person. Yeah, put you right to work before. here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. great. And I know one of. Um, one of our other deacons who was ordained, he had his first mass yesterday, followed immediately by his first baptism. Wow. So right they're putting us, you know, putting us right to work. But as far as what our permanent assignments will be, we, had, we don't know where we're going to be assigned yet. So. Mm. Okay. The, uh, so well, let's talk about the ordination a little bit. That's always a day of great joy uh, within the diocese. And I know yes. it's always a, gra- a day of great joy for the people who are actually being ordained. Um, you know, when you woke up that morning or in the days ahead, like, I mean, were the butterflies hitting? Were you were you getting a sense of finality to it? Like, you're finally coming to the end of this process before, I, or was it just, man, I've been wanting to wear that Dalmatic for so long. <laughs> like, what were, what were the, some of the thoughts going through your minds? For me, it was, it was really bittersweet. Um, I, we're all 12 of us, or well, 13 of us in academic studies, mm-hmm. but 12 of us that were ordained, we're, we're all very different. Um, but we all respected each other, and, and I love them like, like brothers. And uh, I'm going to miss not being there with them on, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yeah. Um, that was a little sad uh, for me, I'll be honest. But um, I'm very excited. But, you know, there were definitely butterflies there about the, what the future has for all of us and uh i know we'll remain close and uh we can always reach out to each other mm-hmm. and so a little bit of both how about you uh deacon Charlotte? Well, i would agree with that i would all though i would i probably was a little more nervous than some of the other guys because friday night at rehearsal um they told us that some of us were actually going to be at the altar serving mm-hmm. and <laughs> As it turns out, I was the deacon of the Eucharist, and <laughs> the only thing I could think about was making sure I didn't knock the, the bishop out with a thurible when I got incense him. And, and it was a, it was a little, um, it was I was nervous, but when we we all got together Saturday morning for prayer over in the hall um, next to our, our Lady of Lords, and we actually met in the room that they have up on the stage. And I don't know if you you know what they call it the upper it's room called right? the upper room mm-hmm. and the thought that the 12 of us mm-hmm. in the upper room and we're all praying and as we're going through the rosary i happen to look down right next to me on the floor it was a picture of um, pope saint john paul ii and i saw that and then i saw a picture of our lady on the wall and i thought everything's going to be fine mm-hmm. yeah yeah Nice. And it was, yeah. It turned out, it was a, It's been a beautiful, beautiful weekend. Uh, yeah. yeah, probably still, still up on cloud nine. Yeah. You haven't yeah. come down yeah. yet. Right. How about for you, Deacon Joe? What was the day like? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, I, I don't remember feeling butterflies necessarily. I don't feel, don't remember feeling nervous. I mean, excited and, and joyful, certainly. Um, Maybe just the side of saying, boy, I can't wait to get that Dalmatic on. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. Um, you look cost, good in it, too. Yeah. You look good. I, what was that? The, was that Eddie Murphy line? But, this, but I make this look good. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah. Um, 
it, it was it was definitely it, it was just the sense of you know I I can't I still can't believe this I can't believe that it's finally it's it's come to this and you know and after the bishop you know said the prayers were all kneeling along the uh, on the on the uh, on that first step and I'm just thinking when we get up from this we're we're ordained and I'm like oh my gosh and, and uh, it mm-hmm. was just it was just marvelous and when he laid hands on us yeah you know on uh, on our heads uh, as each one went up it was just one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen really yeah yeah, yeah. it truly yeah. was it, it's it's it is absolutely my favorite thing to cover from from my perspective because you know the entire the entire ceremony of an ordination and, and the reverence and you know the fact that you're making yourselves obedient to the bishop but also obedient to a god and basically making a vow the only similar vow like it is uh, and each of you have made it in the past is the vow of marriage um, but I mean, you've made a, a giant commitment, which is no doubt like what Deacon Joe was saying is uh, why the process is as strict as it is. Because I mean, this is not something you can go into, you know, without full commitment. You really have to be, because you guys are now members of the clergy for the entirety of your lives, which is mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. I, I absolutely love that. The are, now, as we're talking to these. Uh, Deacons, uh, Carrie, are you uh, just how much are you going to be pushing Phil to? Uh, oh. I mean, not pushing. I mean, encouraging well, Phil to. Uh, I mean, to consider it. Hearing, knowing Deacon Joe and Deacon Charlie well, and seeing them go through that process, and and after hearing it, I know the commitment is is a lot. So I'm going to give it a little time. <laughs> I know right now. Thursdays at work, and he's he's on dad duty, so there's no way if, unless that day changes. But uh, you know, God will God will have his way if he's called. You know, it's funny because um, I'll I'll say this on air: the man before I, the man I dated before my husband, who was Phil, the man I dated before that broke up with me because he wanted to discern priesthood, and I said, okay, well, I can't can't argue with that one, um, and 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 you know, understood God's will on that, and looked back, and I see God's will and all. He did not become a priest, but I do see God's will in us breaking off because then I met my husband Phil who is my husband now right obviously and the first thing I said to him when we started dating was you're not thinking about becoming a priest or anything are you (laughs) and he said no but deacon I am and he said that right from the start so I always remind him that every once in a while gently remind him of that that he mentioned that which is what brought us here that day nine years ago Mm. however long how many years ago it was um is because he always had that in the back of his mind. Probably still does, and we'll see what God uses that for, mm-hmm. and what you know where where it brings. We'll, it. we'll see if we can't add a little fertilizer to that. Yeah, seed. yeah, yeah. Well, you guys right. know him well. You can you yeah. can chat it up with him for sure. Deacon but, uh, Sam has some small children. Yeah, yes, he does. He's got was three he the young? Children. Was he the young one? Hey. That the youngest one that got ordained. He was yeah. already yeah. lined up with me, and he kept okay. trying to run away before. Yeah. You know, we were supposed okay. to bow and all that. So, yeah, my husband's 41, so uh, he's right there. Yeah. I think, yes. well, and Sam and his wife, they were, all three of their children have been born during our Amazing. formation. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. So. That's that, a great witness. That was actually the thing that I noticed just looking at all the men, because I, I didn't, I, I know some of the new, I know some of the then deacon candidates, but I didn't know everybody. And um, the thing that actually kind of stood out to me was just what a youthful group it is. Now, I say that sort of tongue-in-cheek, 
but, probably your youthful. <laughs> but, 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 but 40s and 50s was, it seemed to me to be the predominant, I guess 50s was probably the predominant age group, right. which yeah. is perfect, for, which is a great age for, for Diego. Now, That's I do true. know 40-year-old deacons and, and things like that. But um, the fact that it is an opportunity to try something new slightly later in life. I, I, and, you know, if you have a calling to that, you know, I don't, it's something that I don't think a lot of men necessarily, and actually I know this for a fact because I was on the Man Up Committee for, for many years, our, our men's spirituality conference. Mm -hmm. And the one thing, the reason why we created that conference was because we knew that men had difficulty sort of expressing and embracing their spirituality. Mm -hmm. Whereas the diaconate process is, I mean, that's required, really. And so it, it's fervent ground. Um, you know, I am hoping that people will listen to this podcast and certainly speak to you in your in your private lives and be encouraged to, to consider it. I mean, it seems to me like the three of you are, are you know, all things being considered and the, and the trials and tribulations that took you to here all seem awfully happy. Uh, day, what is this, day two of being deacons. <laughs> um, day three, I guess, uh, being deacons. And, and you have nothing but glows about you and smiles on your face. And I think that's... That's wonderful. Would you encourage people, to, uh, men, to, to become? I, I, I absolutely. I would. What kind of question yeah, is that? Do you think uh, you're going to say no? Yeah. Well, look at me. I, yeah, I, mean, I talk people out of being a PR guy all the time. But well, that's you don't count. <laughs> <laughs> what's but, in, what's important is is um, the support of your community and your and your family. Mm -hmm. You know, but uh, if you have that community support, I think I speak for for both of absolutely. us here and probably all the guys. If you have that support from from your community, it makes it. Um, I don't want to say easier. Um, Streamlines it, makes it better, makes it quicker. Yeah, better. It, support uh, it. Just support yeah. it. You're supported. I think the it other does, it makes go ahead. The other thing with that is, especially in today's modern society, it, Jesus is not going to put a billboard out on forty two. Mm -hmm. And say I'm calling you, yeah. and that's what a lot of people want or expect. But again, if you're talking to the three of us today, or any of the twelve of us that were ordained the other day, it didn't happen like that, and mm -hmm. it didn't happen overnight. It was a conversation with somebody here, mm -hmm. a kind word from a priest or a deacon over there, um, a powerful experience uh, at church. Or, or reading the Bible or something like that where you, you felt something. Uh, and it wasn't just one thing. It was lots of little things. And I think, like you had said, men have difficulty being in tune with that aspect of their lives. But I think it's important to be open to that because I'm sure God is calling many men to this service. And, and they just need to open their eyes and their hearts. Very yeah. true. Very true. And it, it is a, I mean, it is a scary opportunity. I mean, not, I, this is how my brain works, but, you know, one of the things it did has, has also kept me from doing it is there's a, there's a certain fear aspect to it because you are responsible now for quite a bit of people's futures. I mean, in addition to all of your service work that you'll do, you'll be performing baptisms, you'll be performing uh uh, uh, marriages, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, all of these sacramental elements of your life that people's spirituality is, is really focused on. And you'll be, you know, a, a, you know, a minister of, of the Eucharist. I mean, you know, there's, there's something to be said for all of these elements of your, of your spiritual life. Like you had said 
earlier, uh, Deacon Charlie, you know, a certain trepidation about being the deacon of the, of the Eucharist uh, at the ordination mass. You know, how long, when, when do you think, how long do you think it's going to take you to get comfortable with uh, celebrating, or celebrating masses with, with the uh, bishops or with the priests? Well, or taking part in the mass, not celebrating the mass. Here in this parish, um, they've made us very comfortable. I'll speak for me. I think for oh, you as absolutely. well, Joe. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, they've made us very comfortable. In fact, I served this morning with, with Father Mass at, at daily mass. You yeah. know, and um, I was a little nervous just because it was you know the first time at daily mass. But uh, as acolytes, we were allowed to be you know right there as much as we could. The lockdown changed everybody's lives, yeah. of course. Um, but I feel very comfortable yeah, I, I, at, at mass. The things that I'm less comfortable with uh, are those other liturgy celebrations, like baptism or wedding or funerals, and it's just because we haven't done them. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like anything else. You you know, keep getting on the bike and, and riding it, you get better at it. You know, you and you both looked very comfortable yesterday. Uh, I, I actually was curious to hear in our last 10 minutes that we have, mm-hmm. how your first Masses went. Now, of course, I witnessed Deacon Joe, Deacon Charlie's, and um, Deacon Toby would love to hear about yours as well, but our viewers haven't seen them, so we'll, we'll let you each go around to share a little bit about what that was like serving for real the first time. I don't mm-hmm. know how else to put yeah. it, because you, you've been comfortable, made comfortable with those acolytes, but now you're in that particular role as the deacon, and then also preaching as well. So, Well, I was... Um, yeah, it would. I was. I wasn't nervous. I didn't think I did. I looked at briefly at the, uh, the video you showed me at the very beginning, and I still have to work on the scowl, get it off my face, because <laughs> uh, it wasn't reflective of what was going on inside here, right? So I, but no, it was. You know, it was it was wonderful um, preaching. I know I did a I did a fairly short homily, um, but there were. St- I know I have a tendency sometimes when I preach, especially in, you know, in, in practice, I, I can, can kind of get tangled up in my words a little bit, or I might start down a path and not, you know, really recover from the path that I went down because that really wasn't what I was planning on. But yesterday, I didn't feel that that happened. It, I um, so I think I did. Uh, I think I did the the Lord a good service with that. And you had. Just very little notes, right? It didn't look like you were reading. No, I didn't read. How's your approach? Yeah, Yeah, you just some bullet points maybe. I thought that was – I I enjoyed that. I had it kind of written out, Mm -hmm. um, and I've been doing that uh, even even in formation. Mm -hmm. People have said, like, when we critique each other, uh, the the ones where I think I did the best were when I went out without any notes. So try to keep that up. But uh, <laughs> um, but I, I will tell you, and I'm sure these guys and, and everybody else, the, um, probably the most profound thing for me at the time was at the end of the Eucharistic prayer, the first time where you're holding the, the cup and the Father's pronouncing the doxology, and it's like, yeah, there's really stuff. <laughs> you're looking over it, and it's like, it's not empty. Because we've done it in practicums over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, make sure you hold it at the right height and all that. But just being there. The other thing that struck me, and, and we were told this, you know, during class, is like, you are like, oh, I can't. You're right by the altar. And, you know, you're so close that you can read the prayers in the missal from where you're standing. And it's just like, 
oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm right here. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was unbelievable. It was, um, you know, a, a humbling experience for sure. Beautiful, beautiful place to be right there yeah. at the altar. Well, my night, um, for my first mass, I and mean, I was at Joe's mass as well. You know, we yes. both served at each other's mm-hmm. masses, which that was, was nice. It was that beautiful. Was really nice. It was it was nice to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was nervous, but the only thing I really was nervous about was the delivery of my my homily, because the way I delivered it is not the way I normally do. Really, and because I don't ever all through homiletics and public speaking never ever used maybe once in a while i had a little note card with notes but yesterday's homily i actually typed it out because Mm i for me the message that i was trying to get across i wanted to make sure that you know i didn't miss anything so i had i had typed it all out you know larger font because you know the eyes are getting a little worn these years but uh um, but i did that and so i i was really nervous about how that was going to come across because i really didn't want it to come across that i was reading it mm-hmm. even though there you know i had some quotes in there that i did have to read you know because i wanted to make sure that they were they were accurate but normally homily for me is not that way um i'm not going to have a lot of notes there yeah. you know it's more did you preach this morning i did not this no, morning okay no. so you haven't gotten there no. yet and, you know, and i have to say deacon charlie it didn't seem like like i could tell you were reading because of the the way you delivered it and i know having conversations with you over and over but at the same time it didn't seem like like you were reading it actually felt very uh, a natural natural delivery to it so yeah. Don't overthink it at all. It was a and it was an amazing message that you needed to give, and, and he gave it well, very well. well. Thank you. Well, I mean, rehearsal helped. Yeah, it always does. <laughs> no. um, but there was a, a, I, I did watch the mass last night. Marion and I watched. Actually, you know, we looked at both of them, um, and I was critiquing myself and like Joe. Got to get rid of the scowl. I said that to Marion at one time. I says, you know, the one thing. One of the things that I need to improve on is making sure that I smile once in a while when I'm up there on the altar, yeah. uh, because it's a beautiful thing. And I don't, you know, you don't want people to to not be joyous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And uh, I I know one of the times that that I always would smile is when I'm giving the Eucharist. But now with the masks, people mm-hmm. can't see that, no, you know, know, so they don't see that joy that I have in administering the Eucharist. So I've got to find another way to, to present that. And it, it, it has to be, you know, smiling when I'm at the altar, when, when you're lifting the, the chalice at the end of the Eucharistic prayer, which I had the opportunity to do, you know, through the grace of God, thank you, with, the bishop, with Bishop Sullivan on Saturday and then with Father Maz on, on Sunday. I wasn't <laughs> hey, you smiling. smiling on I was Saturday. Not, I was not smiling on Saturday at that point. That's right. We're going to chalk it up to nerves. It but was if, nerves. Yeah. Just chalk it I up mean, to if, that. if you look at some of the other pictures during your ordination, I had a smile, you know, from here to Texas. Yeah. You know, um, because it was so joyous. But getting back to yesterday's this Mass, there were some things that I needed to improve on, like movement. A couple times I stopped dead in my tracks, like, uh, which way am I supposed to go? Am I going this way around the altar, the other way around the altar? And I just have to just kind of 
just go. You know, uh, people in in the, the, in the congregation just, don't really uh, they don't really care about that as long no. as it looks fluid and smooth and, and reverent. And that's the you thing were tripping that, me up a little bit. Though. I was transitioning my my cameras. I'm like, is Charlie gonna go or not? Right, <laughs> ready right, to go? exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> let's go on to uh, Toby. How was your first mass, Deacon Toby? Well, I did not do a homily yet. I will be doing that uh, this coming Sunday. Okay. Uh, we talked briefly before we uh, started, and um, I was nervous. Uh, as a police officer, as a member of as a SWAT team, as a negotiator, uh, I have a very good reputation as not, of not getting nervous with, with much of anything. And uh, I did say to you earlier, my, my 22-year-old daughter did many, many years of competitive gymnastics. And she said to me after mass, she said, Dad, you look, you look nervous. I thought I was about to get up and do a beam routine. <laughs> that, that's how nervous you had me. And, and it, I, was, I was very nervous um, because it's, it's a powerful moment. You know, mm-hmm. being up there for real for the for the first time, and and to touch on something you had said earlier, um, you know, through my line of work, you know, I deal with people and people's lives. Mm-hmm. As deacons, we're dealing with people's spiritual lives, mm-hmm. which is even a greater burden and responsibility. And uh, I, I was nervous; I was going to screw it up. You know, uh, thankfully, uh, Deacon Frank uh, Campisi was there with me to kind of MC me through the process. Uh, Father Steve, who is, I said the other day, he's he's as smooth as a pebble in in the main river. He just it's nice and he's cool and yeah. smooth and doesn't mm-hmm. get bothered by anything. God bless the man. And uh, and Monsignor Roger, who also vested me. Uh, my former pastor was was also at my first mass, so I had a lot of support to guide me through. So nice. uh, but I was I was nervous. Not gonna lie. That's okay. That's to be good. expected. Yeah. If you weren't, I would have thought you were a sociopath. Yeah. So that's that's a, that's a good thing. No, it was such a great mass, and we're you know we're gonna wrap up now. But uh, it was such a wonderful mass. Uh, the ordination was so wonderful, and I'm so happy that your first masses went so well, and that that even if you may have some things you need to to work on a little bit, but like you, like, I forget who you said it. It's just a matter of practice. As you mm-hmm. get more used to it, everything yeah. comes comes more naturally. But I'm. I'm as a communications director. I'm thrilled that the three of you have accepted the call. Accepted the call originally and, and took it all the way through because, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful thing yeah. for me to see. It, it buoys my spiritual uh, spiritualness to see good things happen in the diocese. Yeah. You know? And our diocese is blessed to have you and, and the other nine men that were ordained. We're truly blessed. And in about six years, we'll have Deacon Phil. So it'll be fun. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> to be to be continued another podcast six years down the road. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for uh, for listening and thank you for joining us today. And we'll catch up with you again next week. Bye. God bless.